0: Hey guys, and welcome to Fika with Rice, a podcast about life hacks, inspirational life stories, routines, and keys to success. I'm your host, Frederick Van Huyen, and each week I meet some of the most incredible people in the world—from self-made millionaires, best-selling authors, experts, and world-class athletes. My goal is to extract their wisdom, mindset, tools, so you can use them in your daily life. But above all, to inspire you. Let's get this Fika started. Welcome to episode 23 by Fika with Rise. This week we meet Jersey Gregorek, the creator and founder of the UCLA weightlifting team. Four-time champion in Olympic weightlifting, which he still has a standing world record in. He is also the co-creator of the Happy Body program, which is designed to improve your fitness and help people create bodies that actually function and work, no matter what age and body condition. Jersey is 67 years old and an incredible individual who's written several books about grit, philosophy, and above all, fitness. In this episode, Jersey teaches us the importance of micro-progress in life, how important it is to improve each year and never stop no matter what age, and the importance of living a humble life. This is an incredibly valuable episode with hundreds of gold nuggets that I hope you will learn from. Let's get this fika started. This is Jersey's story. Let's go. Hello, Jersey. Welcome to Fika with Rice. Jersey is the co founder of the Happy Body program and immigrated from Poland to the United States with his wife, Alina, in 1986 as political refugees. He um, has won four world weightlifting championships and established one world record, if I've done my homework correctly. In 2000, Jersey and Aniela founded the UCLA weightlifting team. And as the co-creator of the Happy Body program, Jersey has been mentoring people for more than thirty years. I'm so inspired by you, Jersey, and it's really an honor to have you on the show. So thank you for being here with me.
1: Well, my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me,
0: Jersey. I, I thought by asking, by starting this this episode, by asking you, how was your childhood, and how did you become a fireman?
1: Well, you know,
0: being a fireman,
1: it's a uh, uh, was uh, I think is amazing thing for almost uh, any child. It uh, simply save lives, and it's a good thing. But I was uh, an athlete when I was nineteen, and I uh, went to the fire department because in the fire department you could uh, spend three years and not to go to army. Second kind of you, you still could train and then. Uh, and then you would you would stay in your city in your team, and then you could you could train. So that was uh, really a, a good thing. I never really felt what it means to be the fireman. When I was um, going to the first fire, I remember, I was in the engine, and there I had this overwhelming feeling. Somebody, I, I'm going somewhere, and somebody needs me. I'm, uh, maybe I will uh, save somebody, and then the, this, this kind of feeling that uh, flooded me, and I felt so good about myself. First time, made it. it was just, just like overwhelming feeling of uh, of being useful in life, and then I fell in love with the fire department because of because of that that feeling that feeling of being needed or been useful. So the fire department was something that I really 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 love to be the fireman. Really love to go and and help people and not only with the fires, but you know, floods, disaster and you know, all kind of problems, even you know, taking the cat from the tree. <laughs> so that's good too, you know. And you must need your help. And 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 people are also very, um they care for the animals, you know, and when they see that animal needs help, they call fire department. <laughs> so we went and I really liked that too. Not only the, you know, saving people from extreme danger, but also, you know, helping them with small things.
0: So Jersey, becoming a fireman was, sort of like your way to escape the army then is that correct yes. if I understand yes. you from yes. so it was it was not a voluntary choice it was just a forced choice in order to to avoid the army if I understand you.
1: Yeah well yeah it was the way out uh, out of yeah avoid the army and uh, fight the batman was something that I could uh, go and, and be in service there for three years. And after three years, I was free. I didn't have to go to army. So that's that's what it was. And uh, since I wanted to train weightlifting, that would help me to stay in the city where where I was and, and keep training. If I went to the fire, the the army, I wouldn't be able to train. I would be somewhere else. Right?
0: How did you get into weightlifting, Jersey? Because was that's how did how was how were you how did you get the inspiration for that?
1: I was, uh, uh, you know, when I was in, uh, in fifteen years old, I I was really good. I was uh, really good at math and was good in uh, in physics, chemistry. All the science was really awesome. I really liked it, so I got myself into this best high school in Poland, in Stargard, but my you know, I didn't have any support uh, to do my homework, and I fell into the a little bit darkness with the boys that uh, didn't do any homework. <laughs> so I lost that high school, became alcoholic, and and I was alcoholic until eighteen. Recovered from alcoholism and um, returned back to uh, weightlifting, but returned because. I really was saved by somebody that uh, really needed something what I had. So there was this uh, athlete that was uh, at this party that I was there. And then uh, his mother threw all his equipment, uh, weightlifting equipment from, from the house. <laughs> so he didn't have any place to go. <laughs> so I said, ah, you can come to my place. I was alcoholic. So, you know, <laughs> everything for me was okay. But next day he came at about three p.m. I was taking a nap and knock on my window, and then I came out of the um, to the window and then so I look at him. So what are you doing here? He said, "You told me to come, so I came." Uh, and there was all this uh, bars and uh, plates, all the weightlifting equipment over here, and. I said, okay, so bring it in. And then uh, you can do the training. I will take a nap. I said, no, no, no. Let's do it together. So I was really good in lifting. You know, when I was 13 and 14, about two years, I was doing some weightlifting, not really uh, major. And then, uh, so I'm 18 after three years of uh, really uh, hardcore alcoholism, (laughs) very weak. And and Mirak. He's pulling me into the training slowly, but it was not easy until you know I didn't want to do any training with him. But I heard that well, what about if we do the uh, some squats and then we go for a beer? When I had beer, uh, I was on. So Mirag was pulling me, pulling me slowly into uh, weightlifting, and about half a year after, I was really, really. Uh, uh, without really drinking to the point that I would black out, and I really like uh, weightlifting, and uh, slowly I progressed in weightlifting, and then uh, weightlifting was was open to me. Then I was when I went to the fire department, then I had the uh, you know weightlifting there too. <laughs> so everywhere where I went, you know, it was weightlifting from that point on.
0: Wow. Life gives you clues, huh?
1: Well, I would say life happens to you. Yes. That When life happens to you, sometimes it's really rough and sometimes flips and then you lose everything. So, uh, and I went, uh, uh, when I was 24, I went to the uh, Fire Protection Academy to study engineering. And then um uh, Four years after, almost four years, three and a half years after, it was '81, and it was really a fight between Solidarity and uh, the government. And at that time, uh, they wanted to use the fire department in Poland to uh, fight uh, demonstrations. Well, I didn't like that one, so <laughs> you know, it was, just a, it was a fireman. I didn't want to fight people, and, and you know, uh, so we started to uh, strike and. And I was one of the leaders of the strike. And ten years, ten days after they took us by force out of the academy, they changed the name of the school. And and uh, after four years of study, you know, they flipped me. I had nothing. So life presented itself. If I went to the fire department one year earlier. I would be officer and I would be engineer already and that would not affect me. But I was right in the spot that I had to I had to create the strike and I did it. So, uh, and then stood by it, about 400 uh, students were on strike and uh, after the government took us out and changed the name of the school, and ask us to sign allegiance. About 300 signed allegiance, and 100 did it. Uh, stay with the uh, the idea that it was wrong to do what they did. And this 100 is still today staying after 40 years. December 2nd it was 40 years anniversary of the strike, and they they still stayed with the. That amazing idea that you you are not going to turn us into the uh, police, right? Or you know uh, we are the the fire fire people, and then we are going to fight you know people.
0: <laughs> what happened to you, Jersey? After that, what were the consequences of you demonstrating and being one of the leaders?
1: I was underground working. For solidarity uh, until uh, 1984, I was uh, associated with Jerzy Popieluska, who was uh, captured and murdered in 1984. Then uh, I received the message that I have to go, otherwise you know I will be uh, also you know in danger, my life. So I decided to go to Sweden. Living in Poland was tough, because I always loved Poland. So it's not like I wanted to go to US. Poland was always the country. It, 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 there was something in Poland that I really loved to be there. And then uh, people and the way I guess you are born, if you are born in the country, that <laughs> you like everything. Even today, when I go to, to Poland, it's just amazing. Poland is free and is dealing with its own difficulties like America does. And But it's free, it's free to make its choices, it's, it's free to make uh, its uh, own way. I like, in general, what I see in Poland the growth, the progress, the uh, stability, consistency, ability to adjust to the, the West western minds and 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 keep uh, working with micro progression and building a better country it's beautiful really like it I, i'm 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 honored that you know that i fought for that country which poland is today
0: and you arrived in the u.s and mm-hmm. you arrived yeah. from sweden to the u.s
1: uh, yeah I went to Germany first because then from Sweden I couldn't uh, immigrate to US okay not, not a native country so I had to go to Germany ask for the political asylum there and that's what I did. I spent uh, in Germany six months about three weeks in CIA uh, talking about the, the Warsaw and underground because they needed some information at the time that there was a kind of a snitch, the, the spy underground, and they were arresting a lot of people. They wanted to know everything about underground and and get some information to figure out what was going on. And it's shortly after, I left Germany and came to U.S. it <laughs> was amazing. I was there to 32, and we had a really big luggage, one big backpack. And Anila said we had to go put the, our wedding rings in inside because they are metal detectors and so on, right? So she did. <laughs> and then uh, our destination was uh, Detroit, and we put this big luggage on a belt going to Detroit in New York we landed in new york and then uh when we landed in detroit the, our luggage <laughs> didn't arrive so we lost it never recovered and we had $1000 only we saved uh $1000 and and we had only clothes what we had and that's how we were that's how all began in us and i you know anila was upset about the, losing the it, the but they said well you know life wants us to be clean so america <laughs> happens to us clean yourself and, and start from nothing
0: <laughs> jersey what i love about you is your positive attitude where does that come from because from every story that you you're telling like you always are coming up with the the positive side of it you know
1: well, there is always a solution, right? You know I was, I tried to raise my daughter in that idea. I was always tell, telling her, Natalie, there is always a solution. When she got upset about something, I said, okay, there is always a solution. There is always a solution. Let's find the solution. I don't know. My mother maybe passed this uh, on me. She was always telling me, you can be anything what you want, what you decide. So, but she was telling me all the time over and over, and maybe one day I really embrace it—not mentally, but you know, through all my body system. And there is always a solution, right? So you just need to find it. So uh, otherwise, you know, you can get upset and then uh, you go into the area that you just don't want to be. want you want to be in the area that you're looking for the solution and not really complaining and blaming people and uh, being upset because you know uh, pain happens to you right and that's what they said that you know life presents itself to you and uh, sometimes you know people go through life and doesn't present any danger but sometimes it presents really danger and or uh, losses you know huge losses like we lost you know we we worked really hard in in uh, us and we bought a house in 89 and 90 crash came and we had to foreclose our house and uh we lost But you know we we foreclose our house in 96 so um we worked very hard for uh, eight years and we lost everything and we and then we restarted ourselves so you know we, um, you have always time to restart yourself and you could think that you don't but but you have for a, your time so in 1996 I was 42 years old and you know we uh, moved uh lost our house so we went back to an apartment and uh, we started building again. So it's like um, when you focus on, on restarting yourself and building, you can build. You can build a lot, actually. But you need micro-progression. You need appreciation when you have this right attitude to life of a building attitude, uh, the attitude that uh, you will not let yourself to you know, complain about your situation and, and blame others that you are in the situation, then you're more focused on, okay, what are we going to do? But it's very difficult for to put together the results and the consequences uh, and the emotions together on one line. So uh, logic doesn't happen to us. And, and then goodness is not convenient. <laughs> so, they like always telling people, well, the goodness is not <laughs> convenient, right? And so what, what is like right, kind of a goodness? Not complaining is goodness, right? But we want to complain. And uh, not blaming people is, is really uh, goodness. So goodness is not convenient. They've been angry, yeah? People are angry, and they are saying that they needed to get angry, right? We don't need to get angry, really. And, I think that uh, Seneca was very clear about anger, uh, one of the Stoics, and it's never useful. So, uh, and, and, and it's really true. We can uh, achieve almost anything through the, the calm way of approaching the problem.
0: Wow. I have so many follow-up questions on that, Jersey. I, I cannot imagine how to lose your house on a foreclosure after you worked like eight years of your life to, to buy it or build it? And you, you also mentioned about negative people. What would you tell someone who's going through a rough time, somebody who is const- constantly negative, somebody who's constantly seeing life from the long, wrong lenses, so to speak? What would you tell that person?
1: Well, you know, first you need to focus on What what you are really and how much you can do, and then it can be very little that you can do. And we we usually focus on the big world, and then like Marcus Aurelius said, you know, we we suffer more in our imagination than than in reality. The reality is there. It's like uh, no matter how hard that reality is, it is right. So usually make it bigger than it is. Losing the house is, is is huge, but also really simple little thing. It's not like it's not everything, really, right? So you still you still have you and and your wife and and maybe your children, and then you will adapt. You can find your way. You can find uh, the work, and then you restart yourself. So the focus has to be on acceptance of uh, your situation and how much you really can do. So uh, where are where you? Know, uh, can you work for $5? Or you can work for $10, $15, right? You restart yourself. But you can adapt. You can accumulate and build. If you have that attitude that focuses on positive, on build building system, but not really destructive system, you know, I came to US. I worked for you know, first I cleaned the gym because I wanted to work out, and then I uh, worked for five dollars per hour. And Anila, you know, worked for three dollars. You know, she was working this record uh, company, and then you know, uh, we shared the room with. So I am I'm, I'm thirty two, right at that time. And I shared the room with somebody that was uh, uh, coming from Germany with us, so we slept in one room, Anil and me, and my friend, and we paid for this three hundred dollars. So that that was our start, and then uh, slowly, when we accumulated a little bit more money, we could go and rent ourselves a, a one room somewhere else. But you know. During this time, it was uh, 87, January uh, 87, uh, our situation, it was two months we were here and our situation was really rough. We didn't have work and we were this Polish woman that gave us the shelter uh, for two months and really helped us. That was our angel. We found our angel. So, you know, the other thing that if you're really a good person, you mean good. Uh, you will find good people and they will appear. And Lydia appeared for us. And then she really helped us. She let us live in this uh, second house that was in the process of building. It was cold and and, uh, house was just built halfway, but she let us sleep there and then live there. And meantime, we were looking for a work, a job. And then... uh, she took Anila for shopping, bought her some clothes because we had only clothes of on ourselves, nothing else. So in the meantime, we had this Polish friends that said that we have to apply for welfare, that you know, we are in the situation that we really need help. So we went to this uh, place in Glendale and we applied for it. And then but it took time. So in January, when I started working, the you know, for five dollars, and, and the money was coming. <laughs> so <laughs> every uh, week I was making money. And we know uh, we are very simple people, so we we live very simply. I, we didn't spend much. We were able to live out of seventy, I think, $7, seventy-seven dollars for all the food for the whole month. Yeah, we were able to do that. <laughs> We know we knew how to buy and where to buy food, uh, and and how to live uh, out of very little. And we had this uh, a room, that kind of a small shack that was in Burbank that we rented for three hundred dollars. So our all, all expenses were maybe four hundred dollars, right? So it's like uh, we were able to live out of four hundred dollars in U in U S. Because we just you know, we bought our clothes in uh, uh, second stores, and then for a dollar I bought the shoes. And it was—you can really live out of very little if you, if you are willing, if you accept. So the checks were coming uh, from welfare, eh, maybe February, but we were already set up our living, so we really didn't need the checks. So the checks were collected, and I put into the drawer those checks, and eventually, when it was (laughs) $4,000, I remember, so I said to Angela, let's go and give them the checks back. So we took all the checks, we went to the welfare place in Glendon, and I said, yeah, the checks, we applied for the help, but we don't need help. I said, that's the whole independence idea, that if I took these checks, it would mean that I'm not independent, right? It's like I couldn't do it to myself unless it was real. The woman said, but you can have those checks and you still not make enough you know, uh, money. Probably for another year, you can collect all those checks. And I said, no, 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 I don't want those checks. They are not for me. This money, you give to somebody that needs this money. I don't need it. So you give all the money back. So, you see, you have to have a strong sense of uh, freedom and also responsibility for that freedom and then uh, independence. It's important in life. Because if you have that, you will find yourself, really. You will find because you will always find this. You will be on the search toward the solution. And that solution is is important, right? That, That you focus on solution and not focus on uh, that you will never make it, and that that you will never make it, the negative thought. It can, you know, destroy your good life in front of you. Uh, there's no such thing. You know, if you have love be- in between the family members and you really care, you can live out of so little. I mean, so little. You don't need really much. So, uh, I think that would be good if we could teach that to homeless people and you know people that really they need to stand up how to live
0: simply and
1: and uh, from very
0: little jersey i think a lot of people i think not even not only homeless people needs that i think a lot of like more well-off or average people need that support too because we live in a world today i'm not going to use the dual consumption but I would like to use the word options. We have so many options, right? So you go to a supermarket, you can buy 50 different types of chips, 25 different types of milk. And that, I mean, that gives you decision fatigue or you become comfortable with whatever that you're buying, right? Do you have any advices to people that want to strive to live a more simple life? How do you go about doing that?
1: Sure. You know, when we were in Sweden, we cooked for ourselves. We received some money to support. I was with my friend. We lived life there, but we had to cook. So we had this, the kitchen was in this place where we uh, we, we were waiting for our political asylum in Sweden. And then uh, we cooked. So, but we wanted to spend very little money. So mostly we ate pasta. He made this pasta uh, Polish pasta is called when you get some flour and eggs you mix everything and and you you know take the chunks and put into the into the soup we get the soup out of uh, the chicken usually legs and but very for very little and then uh, then some pasta some little bit veggies it was very little right but it can be very feeling. Now, the the snacks usually, so we ate mostly pasta and beans and and sometimes, you know, like a bag of uh, chicken legs that we could buy. And uh, it was very, very little. And then we found out that the best snack that you can have and the cheapest and the best and the healthiest (laughs) is banana. And, and even banana today in America is a very really awesome solution for people that they don't have money. <laughs> you know, the banana, or organic banana, is about 30 cents. Even organic banana, not organic, is 25 cents. But that's about 300 calories. If you, if you have free bananas a day, you don't have even one dollar. If you like beans and and rice and and you add a little bit of veggies to it, right? Then you can have a meal for less than a dollar. I know your your dinner can be a dollar or even less. Like sweet potato, you can have a sweet potato as a dinner, five six hundred calories. You pay only one dollar. So the the wisdom behind living very healthy. My saying is. If you are poor, you're destined to be healthy. <laughs> and It's true, right? Because, you know, the really the food that is uh, actually healthy is very cheap. But we want the food that is not cheap. It's like you said potato chips, right? When you take potato, you pay maybe 50 cents for it. And you can have really good meal out of it. But if you... If people get and cut that potato and make potato chips out of that potato, that potato is not 50, 50 cents. It is $2 or two, two and a half dollars. So it's the same potato but somebody did to somebody. And it's not the same potato because it's worse already because it went through the heating processes and so on. So it's really worse food. It costs more and it's worse food. Okay, there is no logic at all in it, but it really, I think society needs help. Really, the uh, people really are uh, hooked up, like uh, what you said, on choices. They make choices that they jeopardize their welfare, but they don't put this together. Some somehow people don't put together the consequent the the way of living and the consequences and the results of that way of living. You know, you know even Socrates and, and Zeno, you know, when they were around other people, they were extremely negative. It was very difficult for them to, to sustain the self-control and self-resistance to uh, wrongdoing. So, you know, it's uh, we, we really need help. We need help of uh, constant talk, I think, is good like the podcast i know that a lot of people listen to podcasts and and it can be the trigger for okay i will go and check if jersey is right about that or it's just he's just blabbering
0: right jersey you mentioned stoicism three times already spoke about seneca marcus aurelius We you also mentioned seneca uh socrates how important is stoicism in your life and how did you get into that
1: i think that that you had a really great um, uh, philosophy of life focused more on uh, being a good person uh, as well as controlling yourself being calm and i think that you know that everyone is a stoic in a way because Stoicism is really four four words. Control yourself and be virtuous, right? So, uh, virtues and self-control. Okay. Now, uh, virtues is all the the good things that, you know, is in, it's, it's the part of our character, like patience and kindness and goodness. These are the virtues in life. And, you know, if you... Uh, focus on be virtuous human being, it's a lot of easier to live life. But it is like it's not convenient really in life to be virtuous. <laughs> so we fall uh, into the society's uh, trap. And society is trapped already as well. We kind of uh, started with communicating as children and crying because we were hungry. When it was the time to drop it, we simply didn't. And this communication became, you know, complaining. And then we kept complaining and trapping ourselves and not recognizing that complaining is a very negative feeling and and places us in a position of not independence, not taking care of yourself. And, And we fall into that trap. Uh, Instead of, you know, focusing on fighting for independence, fighting for freedom, and not accepting the help, if you don't have to. If you have to, right, you make your decision. But, you know, you need to stand up, right, in, in life. So work on it. And when you stand up, give it back. So it's a kind of, you know, constant work on yourself and your place, your situation. So, you know, everybody, the hard choice is is different for everybody in different time. So it's not really the same thing. What is easy for me can be very hard for another human being. Or what is really hard for me, it can be very easy for somebody else. So it's that uh, uh, placing yourself and accepting your your fate, accepting your place in life, with all the difficulties, hard choices that you need to make is a way of, of creating better life eventually.
0: I remember this quote that, uh, if I've done my homework correctly, Jersey, hard choices, easy life by okay. you. Is it true that you said that?
1: And the person that really picked on it, it was uh, Nava uh, when I, uh, I had sessions with him. But the hard choice, appeared to me after writing poems. You know, I was writing poems about about four years for about my clients, about their hard situations in life. And in the meantime I work on them and then I I try to help them how to come out of that that situation, how to make that, the choices. But I didn't recognize that we were hard choices. I didn't name the hard choices. But at that time, it was very painful to watch people that couldn't make the hard choices. You know, they had to do what they had to do. It was usually not really a good thing. Like an alcoholic will go and drink another drink. so Or an addict will have another shot. So I was watching people going through the difficulties in life and then not be able to follow and and achieve the happy body, not be able to restrain themselves and control themselves in front of food. And that created the problems for them. I came back to writing poems because I wanted to write poems, this kind of poems about this suffering, but I was not able to do it. I tried 10 years before that. And when I started seeing suffering in people, I said, "Well, if the suffering is there, the poetry is there." And I spent four years uh, writing poems, and eventually it came the the book titled "The uh, The food for Your Soul." That's the really book. When I was addressing slowly this, this poems and and writing different poems and different situations and and uh, that. It appeared to me that that I'm working with really hard situations, hard choices, right? And uh, Naval once, you know, one day said, you know what? And I was calling more difficult choices, right? And Naval said, you know, just uh, really hard choices. You you are really giving those hard choices, and you are creating this possibility for making this hard choice. And uh, these poems are... really for helping us to accept the hard choice. And every poem kind of is like that. That the hard choices, easy life kind of was put together because if you make these hard choices, right, your life is becoming easier. And then everything somehow ends up with ability of a person to, uh, to do what is constructive. At that point, you know, I remember um, Plato was talking about, he tried to illustrate for us this ability to control yourself or to control your emotions and, and, and how to give an actually an image. And he said, Well, when the chariot is the body, the horses are our emotions, and the rider is the mind. And so if you imagine that, so, and then he said, if the horses, right, our emotions are dragging the rider against his will, danger is coming. So that's what it means when we are so emotional in life that we have to buy something 10 times more expensive that offers the same as 10 times less That it means that our emotions are that ourselves against our will. The will is logic, and we are not following logic. We don't want to eat the sweet potato or banana. We want to eat the chips and other things that are 10 times more expensive. It's completely illogical. It's not constructive, but it happens to us. That's kind of a suffering I saw uh, when people were draining completely everything away from their own life and not able to create that accept the hard choices and create for themselves that life that is easy or good
0: wow i it was very deep the quote from plato that's why i love to read old books and especially books from greek philosophers and stoicism you know it's uh,
1: I like to read
0: like one or two pages each day because yeah. I feel like it's it's so deep, you know, Jersey, that you need to digest it, you know, and I like to reread it. And I find my life richer that way, in a, in a weird way, but richer and I feel wiser, you know. It's intense,
1: right? It's like poems, you know, the writing, you know, uh, is almost like uh, poetry because it's very intense, makes you really strong thinking let think, right, about that. So what this poetry dust, with poetry dust, it makes you feel and think, and it both happens at the same time. But this intense mental approach with the Stoics had it is so intense that makes you think, but also makes you feel at the same time. It's just like you would go from the kind of a extremely logical Approach and that approach built out of the right words that actually touches us deeply inside our our body, and that's amazing for me. You know, I I read Seneca's letters. Wow, I start really getting in. It, it sends me like a poem into my life, and a poem when the poem is really a good poem, it sends you into your life, it sends you somewhere. That feeling that you had in your life. It was this Buddhist Sonia Rinpoche. And then he said, You have to tame your mind, right? Tame. You have to tame it, right? Because if you don't tame it, it's going to take you out of the cliff like those horses. Danger is coming. So he said, The difficulties in this, you know, that's where the hard choice is. You have the mind to tame itself.
0: Jersey, I want to ask you um, a question about you were saying about accepting life's what life has given you and accepting your own situation. I think you mentioned it several times during this this, um, this conversation. And I wanted to ask you, let's say I'm a 55-year-old man or 55-year-old woman who's been eating wrong, like for the rest, for the my entire life, I don't do any training or anything. What would you look for when you when you look when you if you were to meet me for the first time? What 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 type of questions would you ask me, and how would you set up a plan for me?
1: Well, it's very uh, same. Every client that comes to me, I uh, I ask for the story that, that every client has to say the story. What is the story? And they say. Big story. I say, yeah, whatever story comes into your mind, you know. If you want to tell me when you was you were born and how was your childhood, that's good, you know. So uh, it really doesn't matter what is it, you know. It will come to you. So then, people tell me stories. Sometimes they talk for one hour. The stories people who have stories, but the end of it is coming. That you know, when I hear the story, I hear what is important for people you know what do they want right to happen at the end I ask them ask them to give me one word what is the most important thing for them to happen what do they want and they come first they laugh and then they don't want to do it because it's really fun to do it <laughs> but they stay with it so now give me one word one I want one word
0: what is it that- it's really hard. If I were a 55-year-old overweight man or overweight woman who never trained you, so it would be really hard.
1: Yeah, well, because, you know, you what is it really at that age what What you want, right? You want, you know, weight loss, or maybe, you know, energy, maybe flexibility, uh, maybe kindness, goodness. So the work has to happen. But when the work that word happens it is the beginning for the hard choices we we can make hard choices for that word so it has to be something big it has to be something extremely important and you begin there what is it that you want i mean really you want big and when you spell it when you say it, then it gives the beginning for the journey of five years to 10 years to create that, I guess, you know, another thing, you know, like uh, that goodness doesn't happen, you know, after three months or, you know, big changes do not happen over, you know, three months or half a year. And, you know, usually when I communicate to people, you know, we need three years, five years to create that. Are you okay with that? And now, and most people are. and. If you create, if you give them a plan, if you give a plan to a person, and then you say in five years, you will be a lot better than today. And that's an amazing thing, right? So um, for some maybe, for some it wouldn't be, but I have this 64-year-old that came and he stood uh, where, like at the table when we I was with other clients. And then he said, You know, I have to tell you something. And uh, uh, so, okay, what is it? Give give Myers an amazing man. And he said, You know what? I came here, I was 64 years old. And today I am 76 years old. So, 11, I spent 11 years with you. You mentored me, you coached me. And today, after 11 years, I'm a lot of better than I was when I was 64. I am 60, 75 or 76, right? And then he said, but that's not the end. I can do today things that I couldn't even do when I was in 20s. So I taught I taught him full snatches and I taught him, you know, how to snatch, how to <laughs> how to, to clean and jerk and pulls and and all weightlifting stuff. And he has two hip replaced and one shoulder with all of it, was capable of full flexibility at 76. And now he's 79 or 80, came to me about a month ago, still doing full snatches. So I think that one thing is we need imagination and we need the proof that these things are possible. That helps a lot because I think that role modeling is the biggest power the empowerment and then uh, helping the one that wants to help the others to change, it has to be really a good, great role model. So, you know, that's why I tell tell people, never hire a trainer that is younger than you.
0: (laughs) I love that. Never
1: never do it to yourself. (laughs) When you hire a trainer, it has to be older than you. Then that person is capable to actually find your existence. Find your existentialism. Where are you? What is capability that you could have and what is not? When you look at you know at the whole picture of, of people and the 55 or 47 and you know a lot of people you know have problems already when they are in 40s. I had this uh, woman that was teaching aerobics, came to me she was 44. And uh, she said, you know, until 40, I did my teachings, aerobics, and I had a beautiful body. But after 40, I cannot do that. And I said, what happens? And then she said, I gain weight. I exercise more. I injure myself or wear myself out, and that gives me one week break from the exercise. I cannot exercise. Then I have a problem with the food, and all the cycle you know repeats itself. I said, "Well, you know, I think it's time for you to, you know, to learn the, to embrace the wisdom of life, what the happy body is, and I can teach you that, right? And that you will know now." how to create a balance in your life without wearing yourself, without injuring yourself, without beating the, the body down. The body is a beautiful thing, even in the older age. But it has its level of the capability and you have to really know what is capable of. And then when you know that, you can train that to that 80% of the maximum, let's say, and you are in the really safe zone. But there is a lot that body can actually do <laughs> when, when you compare to what people are in 80, in 80s or you know, 40s and 50s and 60s, when you know the records, when you know the capabilities, then you know how far they can reach. And usually they are very low. So that 64 year old man could actually improve a lot and become 80% of the world champion at that age, right? So, but it requires certain practice, it requires habits, it requires, you know, plan strategies on the way. The whole journey has to be set, right? If you, that's why, you know, we created the happy body to create this this skill of living, this way of uh, knowing what is the existentialism we are we are in, what is our situation, you know, when it comes to the the whole physical existence. What do we need? You know, can we get better? In what way? How much of it? And so the whole thing, the happy valley was created to give people this solution to the lifestyle problem, because, you know, lifestyle creates a lot of conditions, a lot of problems that we end end up to have. And these others, let's say high blood pressure or, you know, and other, you know, similar conditions. And then when there is a solution for that, so the happy body is the solution for Lifestyle. If lifestyle creates the problem, lifestyle can solve it. That's the situa- situation here where I am, right? So, if lifestyle creates a problem, don't try to get the pill and get rid of the problem, right? Because the the life. Simply saying, if you are overweight forty pounds, and I I can cut it out, and took it out of your body. I know, suck it up. And now you're you're going home. But you're going home with your lifestyle, with your brain that is 160 pounds, not 120. You have you're 120 pounds now, but your lifestyle, your believing system, your likability, everything all around is following 160 way of living. So if if we don't help people to think and believe. If we don't create this lifestyle of 120 pounds, we cannot succeed. So we have to make a lot of hard choices on the way toward this 120 brain. And that's a really a lot of hard choices because there's a lot of emotions on the way, a lot of transitions, and a lot of micro progression, and it's time. If you have time, well, Seneca's first letter, time. So the time... Is given to us. And if we have time, we can make great changes. So it's like, you know, we talk about the 55. 55, okay, is 55. Not old, not young. It's 55 years old. It doesn't matter, right? 55. Yes. It matters what matters that 55 can get better. That's what matters the most. So, and it could be that we want a lot, and if we want a lot, then it will prevent us from the journey. I have this father who brought, uh, brought his uh, cerebral palsy boy who was 25 years old, barely speaking, and moving, lethargic, and uh, he wanted him to be normal, and he wanted him to be normal so badly. But, he can create some kind of, you know, situation where the boy can go through. But you need years, right, to create. So I started coaching this boy. And this boy slowly got more energy, was able to, you know, study, was able to move better, was able to go through elementary school. And was able to go through high school, and after five years, was accepted to community college. And the father wow. watched the progression, the micro progression of that, and he said, "Well, I understand now micro progression after five years." So, my advice to anybody: if you don't have five years, it means you are not really doing anything. So first, if you want to do something, but it will take 5 or 10 or 20 years, you're really on to something. <laughs> but if you don't have a plan, actually, that needs five years, what is it that you're doing? Probably not doing anything. You know, you are trading water. It means yeah. that Today is the same, but there is no really created any plan uh, for you know, becoming better over time. Uh, which would be probably the only approach to living a good life.
0: Jersey, I I, um, I love the, the stories from your clients and it's super inspirational. And you mentioned micro-progression. Um, I've heard of it before. I'm a big believer in micro-progression. I know there's a Japanese concept called kaizen that also mentions micro-progression. In such a fast-paced world, where people want things, like you said, some clients want things in three months, in one month, six months. <laughs> how do you? How can one monitor micro progression in order to stay motivated?
1: Well, you have to have a huge goals. You remember the word that we were talking about. That's yes. your word, right?
0: Okay.
1: It's a huge goal. Like, let's say, Olympics is your goal, right? And you know it will happen to you maybe in 10-15 years right It's a big goal or nobel prize you know you want to win noble prize that's kind of a goal we are talking about really okay. good goal right so um then means 20 years right <laughs> so at least yeah noble prize could be 40 years right so <laughs> so okay. when
0: yeah when you have that,
1: Go ahead. when you have that right you create the plan to really achieve it. So the plan will have, you know, progress. We will have to have a progress. Let's say in numbers we can, you know, create this. You lift hundred pounds. You know, clean and jerk is hundred pounds, but the world record is three hundred sixty. Okay, now you have ten years to spread the time, and then start progressing over time to actually. Achieve 360 pounds, go to Olympics, and maybe you know uh, places out there. So uh, you create progress, right, over every year, and you spread that progress, and then uh, everything becomes difficult. So the time spreads toward less and less progress, and microprogression works that way: that at the beginning is a little bit more, and then less and less and less and less. Because if it's a little bit more, you make a mistake, the body will get injured or overtrained and so on. It's a very delicate system. If you do it the right way, like I did with this cerebral palsy boy, in five years, the boy becomes almost normal for the family. And the family can live easy life now. The boy you know, was in the situation that they had to go with the boy to the toilet and you know, put the clothes on and then uh, take him everywhere, right? After these five years, the boy was completely independent, was doing his study at the computer, uh, was going to the toilet on his own, and moving around the city using Uber, what was not possible five years ago. So the micro progression, if there was no micro progression, there would not be the progress for five years. So the huge happens. After five years or 10 years, but it's brought by this small progression and the plan set in. I remember there was this Russian coach and he said, I need 10 years to make a world champion. If I have nine, I will never make that one. I will destroy that one before. So 10 years, kind of, you know, 10 years or 20 years or five years. It depends what you want to do, but, you know, the, the goal it should be always this one word, a big goal, and then you set the plan to get there, and then you spread that plan over the years, and keep that goal, not the fire, you know, uh, my coach was saying, the Olympics is not a fire, it's a flicker over the horizon flicker you have to be aware of it right like a Nobel prize i mean it's like a very wishful thing in you but it it burns there every day it reminds you about this but not to burns you you know too much so you you don't have anxiety it's just a flicker you say ah i have to go to do my training i have to eat the right way That's the flicker it's not. I need to pump myself with a lot of vitamins and things, and then I will gain more muscle. I need a lot of more protein and something. No anxiety. It's the like in the plan, strategy, habits, daily, daily, day by day, creating this goodness. That's how you know people who achieve a lot really uh, do it. So the saying is that nothing good has ever been created in a short period of time, right? So why to to bother? Why to bother with things that takes only a month or or three three months? Uh, Why I would even do something if something takes only three months for me to do? I'm not interested. I'm interested, you know, doing things that takes 20 years. And uh, my focus is on 20 years. If you want a billion dollars in 20 years, you can make it. You just have to be consistent. You have to have a plan. You have to have a set up strategies, and then you will get that But you have to make the way of your life. You have to make it, you know, real stick to you. That is about you. And you know, I didn't do many things in my life. I do weightlifting. I'm a poet. Philosopher, and that's that. training hard on a training heart on daily basis, and learning my mind around it, and and what 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 the plan is, and how to execute the plan, and how to adapt my body through time and changes as, as I uh, get older, right? How the aging happens, and how to learn, how to stay. Flexible. How to stay strong? How to move like a young person, not the old one. Because when you get older, you don't want really be aged. And so that's what I say. I'm old, but not aged. <laughs> so I move like a tiger. I move like a, like a panther. You know, for young people, I'm young, and I have a lot of friends in thirties and forties. I have some in sixties but not really many. Most of our friends are in 30s and 40s. So it's really important in life how you handle all the progress, micro-progressions, so, so the goodness happens to you. And you have to be like Stoics, you know, uh, say, you, the nature created you, brought you here on the planet or the whole universe. You happen. Okay, so if you happen, there is something has to be around you that needs to be done. So what is it? Well, what's I say say that you are responsible for being here, responsible for your own growth. So it means you need to be become the you know cliche the best version of yourself, but. That's the whole thing that drives me nuts, crazy. That I think this has a truth in it, and I, I tried to. One day, my daughter was telling me that, uh, "Why to struggle? Why to become this? You know, constant growth and and you just there is no reason for it. Right? Why is there is?" I said, "Well, you see." Because you really don't know whether you could be the solution for the world. And nobody knows. So the planet is there. We know more and more where we are. And we don't know really who we are and what we could be. So we have responsibility to the planet, that responsibility for our becoming the best of ourselves. And it could be that you could be the solution to the planet in the future or to the country but you don't know but somebody will be that's the point how would you know that's, that that one in kansas is right or you know whether you or not right or i'm not i say you don't know that you see and because we don't know what we are capable of and what is our really capabilities and, and possibilities and the responsibilities to that, for me, is enough. For me, is enough to work on ourselves until you know the day of my last day. And it's very exciting too. It's very uh, you know enlivening, very loving in a way too of yourself that you you constantly evolve, evolve in many ways. That's a good
0: way of living. Jersey, I wanted to... You mentioned your daughter, uh, Natalia. How do you inspire a child to do sports? And well, how did you do it? No, no, well, it's not so simple, right? She was exactly. gymnast. Exactly, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, she she was a gymnast.
1: And, and uh, you know, when she was gymnast, we would go with her and... Your parents, a hard choice here is presented itself, right? I would need to pick her up at 3 p.m. And she would be in gymnastics for about four hours until about eight. And then we come home traveling in the car for the minutes. So it was rough for years. It was really rough. Gymnastic is tough. It takes a lot of... Actually, it took... A lot of uh out of her this uh possibilities to be with friends. And when others, let's say when she was in seventh grade or eighth grade, they uh, her friends were going so you know to somewhere and spend some time, right? But she said, No, I have to go and do gymnastics. So it's in a way uh rubs you and gives you and rubs you, you know, any kind of pursuit uh, like that, intense. Intense, you know, takes away some things and gives the other things because of intensity. And then uh, then she stopped gymnastics. It was very difficult for her because she, she lost completely her identity, couldn't find herself, and uh, joined me in uh, Olympic weightlifting a little bit for about a year. And then now she is more like an artist. Painter, she's a junior, and then she is going. Maybe uh, she's going to go to a college. She wants to go to a college and become a uh, an artist, a painter. And that's fantastic. I, you know, I I'm always for people to support people in whatever they are. And I told my daughter, right, I will always support your choices." And if it doesn't matter what the choices are. You have me. <laughs> I have you back, right? <laughs> so, if you want a, a simple life, I will be there. If you want a complex life, I will be there. I will be always. So, and there is always a solution. So, no matter how tough you know life becomes, you call me and I will be there for you. I will just drop everything and, and come and help you. So, it's it's important to pass that message on your kids that you know you don't get upset because they don't want to study medicine because they want to study something else. So, you know, acceptance again. You know, you want friends in life and you want your children to be your friends, right? How are you going to do it? And usually it's not the way it's going to be, because they will have their life. But if you are likable, if you live with them, helping them, but not overwhelming them, not being in front of them, if you just support them, if you agree with with their choices in life and you support them in those choices and you create progress, right? If you can create progress, help with the progress, you have the chance to become a friend of your child. If you fight their way of life, they will reject you and they will go and live their life and you can be left alone in your own house with your child living somewhere. It's a very sad story that happens to many of us. So if you are a parent, be careful. Be careful, you know, how... With your own upsetness and your ego. Usually we have egos and we want our children to do something else, right? That they actually they want to do. Explore what they want to do. If it's good, it's, it's not a bad thing, right? I'm not saying that if my child would like to be an alcoholic, that I would be okay with it. No, I wouldn't be. But uh, but you know, if you have the situation that your child is then you have to somehow connect to it to to pull out like Mirak was pulling me out of alcoholism. See this that's uh sometimes you know the life is very very difficult and sometimes you know your inspiring is not in the right position. <laughs> so you have to be careful how you engage with other people and You know, my client, when my clients come, you know, I'm very, I'm in tune to their life. I listen to their life and I listen to their struggle and try to see where the the acceptance is failing of the hard choices and create the ambience and atmosphere for days and weeks and months. So they could accept the hard choice because that's the only way of progress. So not forcing others to do certain things, but helping them to become. So the hard choice is theirs. It's not mine to make. So if you do that way, if you help people that way, they they will embrace the hard choice and they will grow. Grow out of it and grow with the hard choice. And then one day, maybe one day, they will tell you, hey, thank you. (laughs) Maybe not, (laughs) but it's not important, right? What's important is that you are there to create that space and the very subtle way in the mind that the mind is willing to lean toward the hard choice. That's a really beautiful thing when it happens, because that's the beginning, more self-control, the beginning of progress, beginning of maybe creating a plan, maybe looking into life as a
0: bigger picture. Jersey, I am... You're so wise and you have so many advices. And I think everyone, by the way, to all the listeners there who are looking to for this big, big change in your life, check out the, the Happy Body program by Jersey. It's an amazing program. But you have a lot of advices, Jersey. And I'm going to ask you for your advices to, what would you tell all the 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, and 40 year olds that are listening. <laughs> so let's start with the 20-year-olds. What would you tell them? 20. Well focus on you know focus on education, I think.
1: And you know, focus on really education, you know, the, the college, you're in college or you're going to college, right? So and this take time to connect to professors or some one professor. Teachers that the college level, you know, professors really love what they do, and don't. So think about that. Life is not really so clear. That subject is just subject, like math. And and uh, professor doesn't mother. They mother. The the teachers mother, mentors mother. So if you really love something at the college level, find the professor and try to become the you know apprentice try to tell the professor how much you love the math or chemistry or something and that will take you to another level and you'll learn a lot of more and your, your your college level will be your college you know time will be spent more productively constructively. And a lot of more will happen than in a normal college. You will not waste your time just, just to get the degree. Just to, don't think about the degree, think about something that something that you can evolve with. And that's the only way to make it happen. If you find the other people that they really love that, what they do. That would be probably one of the uh, one of the things. And then if you you know you like the parties and so on, so. No parties between Monday and Friday, and and have one. Go and uh, but living the life. You write the poem, and then you read the poem, right? So that you have to write the poem, you know, and then you read it for the amusement, for the joy. So spend a lot of time on work and little time on fun, and then create this possibility for befriending teachers okay so that's 20s 30s
0: 30s now yes
1: 30s is the children time the work time
0: right i'm 35 jersey so i'm listening very carefully now
1: (laughs) Thirties is uh, is the teacher the uh, children well you know that that is the time to set up the family that is the time to find the other one right and uh, we usually work hard. So be serious about your work, really. Be serious about well, what you do. If it's a startup company, you know, be serious, find the other people. If it's work, be diligent, build growth within your work. Show that you care for what you do everywhere. You know, progress. It means you stop just being a worker. Right, being an entrepreneur in whatever you are, and try to find a way uh, of it. Sometimes I I tell people that to imagine. And you say, I say, okay, you are a receptionist in a dentist's office. You come there, you work. Yeah, you you receive the the phones and things and so on. It's, it's a normal thing. But you look around and you see this shabby place and uh, not really nice to be inside so you decide really to do something about that you talk to the dentist that you want to paint here you want to replace this furniture so people have more pleasant then the dentists don't care really much they will give you a little bit money for it you know you and you this ambience the space of pleasantness and you create, and then more people will come, and then uh, uh, want to be in that place. And they will like the place. They they will send others, right? So you you are uh, the receptionist, but you are not really receptionist only. You're the part of the whole thing, and that's how you show yourself. And the dentist will come and say, "Hey, well, it's amazing things you are doing here. Wow, you know, thank you. We'll give you the raise. You know, here it is." So. You see, at that time of the work, don't become worker, become an entrepreneur, you know, become the, the person that that cares about whatever you do and make it better. Create possibility for better, one of the things. The other thing is the relationship. This is the time for uh, maybe to have children. And if you decide that you work uh, on yourself, actually, how to be a parent. How, it's like it's just the time when you have children is the time to understand one thing, that children really will become your life. And, you know, you have to be okay with it. It's the hard choice. So you, you kind of, uh, this is time to live for your children and to, to give them what they want and, and, and create this goodness in, in the family. So you, you become a family man right and not really children are not the objects of, that live in the in the family my parents treated me like an object <laughs> streets you know the street was the, where i grew up but you know i watch uh, a lot of families how they care for the children and they how they devote their life as parents to raise the children they kind of limit the life of their life before. And they start really existing as a family. So, uh, when you're ready for the family, then then you're really ready. <laughs>
0: Thank you, <laughs> so Jersey. I appreciate make the, that. Make decisions,
1: right? And, I'm, you know, uh, children would be good to have, it's time for the, you know, being getting married, or, you, you know, if you want to you have children, that, these are the, the 30s are the best times. and. Also for women, when they join us on a journey, they are today the the time is usually late twenties, early thirties, right? The best time for a woman, and, and uh, so you are thirty-five. Uh, let's say a woman is uh, five uh, years uh, younger, and uh, you are in the spot of uh, getting married and having children. So this is this is the
0: time. Thank you, Jersey. Yes, I got married uh, in 2016. So it's been five years. And oh, okay. Age, you did yes. it right. So I got one checklist there done. Um, <laughs> and my yeah, my wife is six months older than me, so more or less the same age. Okay. and good. And I am becoming a father in about one week.
1: Wow. That's good. You're on time
0: thank you (laughs) jersey well congratulations you yeah we did it thank you jersey so i'm gonna i wanna listen to the other advice to to not treat my child as an object and to um, to support them and embrace the change in becoming a father and to live for them it's gonna be a big change so thank you for that advice that's good. <laughs> if I go
1: to the 40s, <laughs> 30s are really great years and the 40s are great years too. And 20s as well. You know, every 10 years is a different time zone. But you know, I had this uh friend, a painter from Poland, and he he said, you know what? Yeah, I understand the ages this way. You are in teens, you don't know who you are. In twenties, you really start getting what the world is about. (laughs) In thirties, you work very hard. In forties, you still work hard. In fifties, he said everything should be on the table for you. If not, you messed up. And he said that is the time to become a mentor. You know, to start being mentor for other people. You start giving back. Right? You went through. And 56 is the time to become a mentor for people. It's to give back. It's not thinking, thinking about the whole world, the planet, and not really like in 30s, you think about your children. But in 60s, 56s, you think about the, the planet. So 40s, coming back to 40s. Yes. <laughs> 40s is the time where in the 30s, actually 35, the aging begins. So the when we are from zero to 18, the life really makes you better, whether you like it or not. We, we get taller, we get stronger, we get you know, better. And between 18 and 35, when you analyze all the athletes, they can compete against each other and anybody can win. During this time, you know, also, this is the best time of our life we have children, or we go to Olympics, we create incredible facts between 18 and 35. And we are equal at that level. After 35, aging begins. So it means that we start deteriorating. So we become you know, less powerful over time. And every five years, when we analyze athletes like sprinters or weightlifters, those who break records, right? In swimmers, you know, like master swimming, and then we can see after five years, they, the records go down and down and down. So this is the time to think about in forties how you are going to live life forward, finding the uh, finding the program, the system, the habits that would help you. Not to age, but to get older. And there is a lot of power that can be achieved and sustained. So this is time to figure this out in the 40s. Uh, when it comes to the body and how to live a good life from the perspective of the body. When it comes to one thing I have to talk about is the wealth. How to accumulate the wealth. From the twenties and going forward, so you know whatever the money you have, you start accumulating. The money accumulations of money is a normal thing. So finances is a normal thing. You know, put a hundred dollars a week or hundred dollars a month into the compound uh, way of growing wealth and keep it growing because it's, you know you will need it when you have family. And these are the maybe hard choices because you want to spend this money going to restaurants and things and so on, right? But then uh, it's that uh, delay gratification is one of the you know hardest uh, thing to learn in life. If you want to give to give yourself a gift, that would be delay gratification. When I mean, you're creating in life, some things for later, and then when you have it, so. You know, finances is one of the things. The other is the body. How you will have that body when you are older and older and older. And, you know, we live longer and we want not only to live long, but we want the quality of life, right? We want to uh, live with the fun and enjoying skiing and, and, and surfing and, you know, traveling. When we are in sixties and seventies and eighties, just enjoy it. Not only existing and barely walking, but having that life that is uh, is the quality of life, not only long. The last thing you work on yourself to be a kind person, a good person. You know, like embracing compassion. And this is the time in forties start really getting it. What, what does it mean? being compassionate human being you know focus on on seeing people everyone in a good way so not putting people down not and get rid of the complaining the blaming and you know sarcasm just get rid of it the anger work on yourself so you don't have it restrain yourself control yourself start working on that it takes time it takes 20 years to do not to complain. <laughs> so so, so you, you you start the process in, I think, 30s. You know, a lot of people that come to my place today, they are in 30s, and they ask me about one thing. They want one thing, and they want guarantee. So they want live long. They want to live long a healthy way. They want to be happy on the way, they want the plan for it, and they want guarantee that it's going to happen.
0: <laughs> it's, so it's a tough a, sell.
1: The, the happy body is a perfect way for you, right? Yes, and <laughs> you, 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 in a way, you have to learn how to enjoy life, enjoy every moment. The present moment is important for you. And the present moment life only exists. It, it doesn't exist in the past or in the future. It exists only one now. Now, yeah. when we talk, that thing only exists. And if you can live the life that you exist in that moment, that you have the joy throughout your life and you will not carry into your brain unnecessary thoughts addressing the past or unnecessary thoughts in, in going too much to the future as I said the, the flicker of the horizon right it's not the fire up there <laughs> it's just the flicker in short uh, probably uh, like that the 40s 40s is the time to really think about the second body is the beginning the 40s ends on 50s so the first body ended. second body begins. So the first body is the one that we really don't, We, are, we it, the body happens to us. So it means that we are doing whatever we're doing. Our body is, is going with us everywhere and, and we're just not aware of actually taking care of it. The second 50 is the time to start really happening to the body, you know, caring for it, and really reaching for a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdoms, how to take care of it. So you can have the sustainability of good life, uh, long life, and a quality life. And, you know, happy life, you know, the, the one element, the last element that we didn't talk is about happiness. Happiness is something that everybody wants, and there's no way that, you know, you could ask a person and uh, say, okay, I will make you very rich, but you have to be m- miserable. <laughs> so would you go for it? Would you go or rather be poor and happy? Everybody, you know, would choose poor and happy. So the one thing is that whatever we achieve in life, whatever it is, and so on, right, it's not really so important as our attitude and happiness. And that happiness is available for everyone. It's our way the mind is at that moment. The hard choice is how to create that uh, plasticity of the mind that actually, Not only knows what's right, but believes. You know, it's not really scared of dying, or you know, don't. It doesn't have the fears, and then is accepting any situation that is very hard situation in it, and it's okay with. You know, it's like uh, the mind picks up the day and starts working on it. As I said, the attitude is an important factor here the most important because we want to be happy. So it's really in spite of really everything else, we want to be happy. We want we and we want to go to bed, close our eyes and and have this empty mind that falls asleep. And if we have you know kind of guilty mind or if we have negative mind, if we have the mind that that wants too much, too many things too too fast or we don't like the past, and so on, then the mind will create this uh, way of living for us that is miserable.
0: I love this quote by Bruce Lee. He said that his biggest goal in life is to have peace and harmony. And right. it's very underrated. I think a lot of people, when, they, when you ask them, okay, what's your biggest goal, Jersey? Or what is your biggest goal? They always think about something materialistic you know, but they're never thinking about something inside them.
1: But if you ask them, if you ask them, you know, the question, okay, I will give you that, but you will have to be miserable. (laughs) So (laughs) nobody really wants to be, uh, you know, miserable. Nobody wants to be unhappy. So happiness definitely is the biggest thing. It's just, you know, very cliche in a way, but uh, truly. When you think like a philosopher or a poet, happiness is big. It's the biggest thing for us. Nothing is bigger than happiness. It is true. It just matters the most for us. And whatever we do in life has to be somehow pursue, not pursue of happiness, but pursue of things that actually can materialize the happiness. That's why Stoics believe that virtues are the the way of living life and, and working on them and the side effect of virtues is that happiness. So you see coming back again to you know that embracing the the good quality of qualities of life you know virtues would be uh, the pursuit of life, learning about virtues, learning about goodness and then working on yourself to become a better person. That is the way toward the happiness.
0: I agree, hundred percent. I was on. A, I was invited to be a guest on a podcast last week, and I was interviewed by two two guys. We spoke about success, and asked a little bit like, "What are my advices after building a multi million dollar business from being very young? I've been doing it for over ten years now, and." I told them that one of my superpowers is kindness because I've always been kind because I believe that the bad will always fall and seeking wisdom. You know, I think that's something my mom always told me Jersey. That's why I resonate so much with you and what you're saying. She always said that always tried to, I mean, the word she uses was wisdom instead of irriters, but she was saying right. that always strive to be more wise always try to be the is virtue person.
1: right
0: yes and and it's really hard when you're 15 16 because you want to be the tough guy or you know or when you're 18 even you know or when you're in university but i think kindness is it's a superpower and trying to be wise and seeking wisdom yeah well
1: but to appreciate kindness you have to lose things like you know we lost things and Lydia you know helped us to live life in america right like yes. you really learn. So there's people that really lose things. They can see kindness, you know, uh, easier. Recognize it, appreciate When you have things, yes. then we don't need things. You know, it's really hard to find the kindness unless you are yeah, that person. I remember Tim Ferriss asked me, what's success to me? And I said, you know what? Success is like when you sit to a dinner. With other two people, like two couples are sitting to a dinner and having a good time, and they laugh and then, you know, time flies, right? And they like each other. Everybody likes each other. There's no really grudges, there's no negativity, there is no putting down anybody, there's no need for shining, there's no thing for egos and things and so on. They're just having a good time. And I said, you know, now imagine you have these dinners. You have 10,000 dinners and you die. So, in a, in a way, the uh, your life is built out of those dinners, right? <laughs> with your family, with two people, with four people. But creating a situation that four people like each other, right, in four different ways, that's an amazing thing. And spending time together means, like, you have good friends and you have friends that... You feel good next day. You know, sometimes we have you know, dinners with people when we have hangover the next day. That's not a good story, right, for ourselves. But if you create friends like that, you feel good during the time when you actually are with them. And then next day you feel good also. That's You are successful. You are very successful in life.
0: So, I love that Jersey. Thank you for sharing that with, with me and the audience.
1: Yeah, you know, that's why you know somebody uh told me you should write the book, you know, uh, dinner, dinner with friends.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a good topic, it's a good topic, Jersey.
1: <laughs> yes, but at the same time, you know, like happiness is so subtle that yeah. it very easily simply not understood and not really see how big it is actually Uh, spending a good time with friends, how important it is and how successful you are when you're actually spending that time with your friends and you're enjoying your your evening and next day, and also you discuss the things and uh, next day you feel good about yourself and everything. We have like about maybe three couples like that, And we meet and, you know, we are having so much good time that, and we discuss always things and different things and, and it's never the same. It's never planned, right? It's, it's, it's always like uh, having really a good time. And some are professors from Stanford and some are uh, investors and it, it's, it really doesn't bother, really. Because we when you start meeting each other and you find these people that you can live like that, wow, what's more to us in life? Think about it. That dinner can be in a shack in Africa. That dinner can be on a boat for billion dollars, right? with helicopters, right? That dinner can be in my house. That dinner can be in your house. But at the same time, that dinner doesn't have to happen that way. It can be miserable dinner. It can be a dinner that is not fun at all. So it really doesn't matter, you know, where the table is and where the food is and what kind of food and who serves the food. Really, the four people are having a dinner. They can have dinner with potatoes like, you know, uh, Van Gogh's Potato Eaters, right? The painting. You can see integrity of these people. We don't see so much happiness, but you see the family in a place. That's why this painting is so beautiful. Because it gives integrity to the hard workers sharing the potatoes at the end of the day and not complaining about it, not blaming. They actually, you know, uh, the energy of the painting is they are together. They are together. They are together bonding with that moment of being as a one unit one unit and that's how this painting that's why this painting works that's why it's so beautiful it is hard to watch to see but at the same time the love is everywhere in that painting
0: Jersey that uh, reminds me of I don't know if you know what the blue zones are in the world but it's certain songs in the world okay amazing for those that those listeners that don't it's where um it's a certain big concentration of people that that live above 100 years old me and my wife were obsessed about that we bought books (laughs) watching like youtube documentaries (laughs) documentaries we all that's what we talk about during lunches and dinners so we went to sardinia not once twice the last two years and. we went to network, we went to like, let's look up and let's meet some old people and let's talk to them. What's the secret to the their happiness and what's the secret to the longevity in life? And they said exactly what you're saying, Jersey. The community, so friends and family, they said a lot of walking. So they would walk from 10 to 20 kilometers a day, very slow. Okay. But constant movement.
1: Yeah, shuffle, a kind of good, good life, right? <laughs> and
0: number three, uh, homemade food.
1: You know, the uh yeah, the the kind of like the happy body was created to be like a gardening, like an exercise system that would be this walk, this gardening, right? Not a really big thing, but really exercise, but not really much, right? But the good thing about what came out of uh, what you said is that you actually want to ask people how to live long life that they are actually 100 years old (laughs) and it's really the funnest thing is that when I watch people, when they are in 30s and 40s and they are telling people how to live long life (laughs) uh, especially MDs, right? And then uh, then it's just Completely? Are you? What's going on? <laughs> yes. The the best way to learn that you go and talk to people that they are. And just, oh, like with this trainer who is you know twenty years old, and I'm coaching somebody who is fifty or sixty years old. Yes, doesn't have yeah. completely sense. It's illogical. It's not going to work no matter what. Yes. And here is the same thing. Yes. To learn to live. Uh, long and good life you have to find people that live long and good life and from them you can learn that because they are they are the the ambience of that what the good life is and long and good life it's amazing I watch this too you know like I'm really uh inspired by people that they have zest they have this thing they they are 95 or 100 and they are digging and they're repairing the the, <laughs> the fence or something so wow that's amazing they also like in the championship you know they come for masters uh Olympics, and they uh, uh can be hundred I saw this 102 years old sprinter you know when he was sprinting amazing just like wow right it's like few one to live a better life, right? You need those role models.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: You need to actually see what's possible and be thankful that they are there because if you find them, what a gift. You know, my gift was, you know, when I was in Melbourne, I competed and Charles Henderson was competing. He was 80 years old. When I saw what he was capable of, I said, wow. was eight years old, and I could be like this. That would be amazing, right? So amazing. He clean her the weight higher than his body weight at 80 years old. You go to the gym today, and you will not find people in twenties. Maybe one percent of people will be able to do that. In twenties, fifties, no matter what they are. Here you have. Eight years old, capable. So that gives you, you know, the idea. You know, I always lived the idea: if one could do it, I can do it, right? And then it's true because the belief, of course, is the opposite: that oh, this is the world champion, I cannot do it. No, no, no I don't believe such a thing. We are at least past everyone. Everyone is capable—at least 80 percent of that world champion—and 80 percent is awesome. And then what? What? What we know in the hockey body is is that we are teaching people to reach for this 80 percent, not the 100 percent. The 80 percent, 80 percent is everyone is capable of 80 percent of the best. So having this gift of people that give us this image. What is possible? It's, it's 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 something that is is the most important in our life, really. that's why the role modeling I think is uh, is is important. And you know we should li- live the life that you could be a role model. You see, it's like uh, when I deal with old people, the old people have the danger of being forgotten. So. When they live life, at a certain point, they are not needed. So they retire. When they retire, they need it even less. So when they have families, and families like them, so they can be around. So my message to the old people is always, you are responsible for being needed. So whatever it is, but you create. Uh, through your life the, the possibility that somebody needs you and if you create that that you will be with other people but if you abandon that idea then you have the risk of falling away from people and living the life alone and lonely being forgotten so when we go through the time of retirement and so on, we have to create some kind of wisdom, something that young people would like to hear, like you want to hear what I say. I'm, you know, 67, and I went through a life, right? And then if I have something to offer, you listen to me. But if you have nothing to offer, forget about yours. Right? <laughs> This is important for all the people to to work on. Uh, and I see sometimes, you know, some people accumulate money and now they lend money and then engage in startup companies. And they can be 80s and 90s and they are really engaged. And uh, the money helps them to get engaged. My way of life is more, I am, or wisdom, you know, professors, you know, they, they can be in. Seventies, eighties, and still they teach. They teach at universities. So, my message: never retire. You never retire, and never think about retirement at all. You know, you can accumulate the money, but you know, you create the the way of life. That you really, you don't need it. So, it's like because you you will never retire, and if you do that, that you will keep your brain young. As soon as we retire and we uh, end the possibility of the mind that is not engaged and is not struggling uh, of not really facing the hard choices, it, it it goes into sleep and it becomes slower. We become more sluggish and we slowly uh, sit on a chair and we don't want to move and then we are Uh, getting into depression because we are not engaged with other people. It's a serious stuff, you know, when aging, you know, somebody said aging is not for sisters, right? So it's a, yes, definitely. But at the same time, it requires from you a lot of work, making a lot of hard choices to have this, you know, good life when you age with, you know, becoming this mentor to the young people and actually have something to say, have something to offer. That's why, uh, when we work through our life that way, that we become something that is useful for young people. And that should be very important for older people, you know, to create that. That young people will not just be with us because we are old. No, no, no. <laughs> you have to create something that young people will need or like and they can like to be around you but that is creating this this beautiful personality this happy personality this you know personality that is uh, kind and good and the young people will to- tolerate you even if you are old to be around you. they will like this Kindness, they will like just your attitude that is good. And even though you don't have money, whatever, but you will be likable. You will be okay to be around young people, and they will uh, want to be around you.
0: What a beautiful way to to end this this chat, Jersey. Amazing advice to all the sixty and seventy year olds out there um, in the audience. Jersey, where can people find you online? Where can they go to say hello to you on social media and so on? And where can they learn more about the, the, the amazing, the happy body book? So
1: there is a, the happy body book. It's on Amazon, of course, right? Uh, this is it. I uh, You start from that book. And then there is the happybody.com, uh, you know, the webpage. You can read a little bit more there. The book is good to start, you know, like reading a little bit about what the plan is, why the plan is there. And then you go to other books that we created. We created a lot of like the poetry books and dialogues. And this is like the book is about I got this creating the grit in your life. It's a kind of good book to listen to. It's all philosophy that we created in the last 10 years to support the plan. Because as as we were talking about these horses and emotions and and the plan, if the plan is good, but the horses cannot be aligned with the mind, then nothing good is going to happen. So we we created the happy body 20 years ago, but 10 years we spend on whole philosophy, how to help people to align that mind with the the horses with the, with our emotions and connect to the consequences and and our way of living and how we can change that our way of living. So constant reading and reading more, working on yourself can help to create that that mind. The so another one is really good when this one we created that that book virtues. Uh, so daily practices for the modern story and. And at <laughs> and and the other side is uh, one year will pass, right? So that's the whole point that this is one year practice. So every week you practice with a different virtues. There are 52 virtues in the book. And every week you spend one week with every virtue. So it's a very uh, serious approach uh, for people that want to work on themselves and want to uh, spend time they're serious like you, and they understand the wisdoms that is important, and wisdom like your mother was was telling you. It's an, it's an important element in our life. Happiness is important element. The joy, the pleasure, you know, all of it is important. Living long, but with quality, not living long and being stuck in a chair. It's a lot of... A, a, philosophy around that needs to be more and more created, I see, and more and more passed on. I read thousands of books, and I meditated, and I fell many times, you know, when my life flipped. And, you know, but it has to be somehow in life, the the consistency of working on yourself to become a better person, and if you are irritated because of anything in life, just go over, open the book and start reading. Reading poems, readings, uh, philosophies, uh, or you know, go to the kitchen and make soup. It's like focus on those things that they are. They can bring you back to what is simple. Or what is that that where you can connect joy to that that simple when i wash things i'm happy i'm washing the the things and you know the dishes and i'm washing the dishes i'm not really becoming something else when i wash dishes i was dishes. when i make soup make soup peel my carrots and onions and make soup and when i cook soup i it's cooking and I was like when i eat soup i eat soup right so it's, But in every moment that whatever you do, you can create this pleasantness, this kindness around. And you don't have to, you know, suffer because you go to the kitchen because you have to make soup. When I saw one day my wife upset in the kitchen I said, not going to eat dinner today. I'm out. I said, "What, what are you talking about? I said, you know, you are making the dinner, but you are upset. And it's like, you know, what's going on? And she said, well, you know, I I said, okay, so you don't have to do the dinner. Let's just go out and then eat. But I'm not going to eat if you are not happy in the kitchen, right? You have to start there. And then after a moment, she understood. I, yeah, I said, I I got it. Yeah. I understand it. So I love that. It's like, like you have to help each other, right? Yeah. That, you don't have to put up with a person that is irritated mm-hmm. you can talk to that person that is irritated doesn't have to be or doesn't have to do things that way so it's the the whole thing is a constant constant helping each other and constant helping yourself really to evolve to become you know a better person create better world better society you know, better who knows where we are going, right? But, you know, wherever we are going, we know what the goodness is. We know it. You don't have to define it. We know it. And these are the virtues of, of our life. And once we have it, once we know it, once we need to cultivate more and more of it everywhere, in every direction of our, in any way, we can
0: Thank you, Jersey. What an amazing way to end. I really appreciate your valuable time, and it's, I've learned so much. It's been really inspiring to to hear from you. I'm sure our audience as well. I would love to catch up for a second episode, maybe dig a little bit more into the happiness part. I think that would be really valuable. After
1: a year spending in that, right? Exactly.
0: But (laughs) in the meantime, guys, check out Jersey's books. They're amazing if you're looking to, to grow yourself. Thank you, guys. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Fika with Rice. I hope you enjoyed the show. Who do you want to have on our show? Let us know by sending me an email at frederick at absoluteinternship.com. And before you go, if you like this conversation, don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube or Spotify to get to listen to more inspirational stories and life hacks. We really appreciate it. See you next time and much gratitude for listening.